Welcome back to the Manufacturing Come Up. I'm your host, Malachi Greb, where we talk about careers, dive deep into people's stories, and let them tell how they've navigated their career, how where they came from, uh, and, and how that transpired to them getting into the manufacturing industry, automation industry. And today we have a super special guest, somebody who's also making an impact in the industry, the host of Mavens of Manufacturing, Megan Zimba. How's it going, Megan? Good. How are you, Malachi? Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. I'm glad to have you. Yeah. It's been a this one's been a been a, a long time scheduled. You've been busy, I've been busy and Yeah, I think the last I think the last time we had it scheduled, you were sick and then I think I was catching something and now I'm like getting over a sinus infection, so I kind of sound <laughs> a little alien right now, but um glad to be here. Really happy to be here. Jenna Jenna was trying to trying to kiss me yesterday and <laughs> She's got a sore throat, and I'm like, no, I'm like, I, we can't take this chance again. Like, no, one of us has to be healthy at all times. I, I totally get it. Got it. People know you from from Mavens and Manufacturing, mm-hmm. right? But I feel like there's definitely an untold story about you, about yourself, and and your journey to to where you got to where you're at today. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm a tech writer by trade. I think people realize that now because I've I've been talking about it for a while, but I, when I'm, my story is typical of any woman that's in this industry. I think, um, I think we're getting better where more women are pursuing opportunities in this sector on purpose. But for me, because I sucked at math and science and I was really good at English, um, I was always encouraged to do like marketing or teaching or be a college professor. And I was a bit of a free spirit kind of rebel in high school where I just wanted to travel around and do things that other people weren't doing. So I just thought it was interesting to be a little bit more um, free spirited and do things spontaneously. But um, my parents had it drilled in their head that to be successful, you had to have that four year uh, college degree. And I tried to compromise and say, well, I'll take a year off and then I'll go back after a year. But my mom thought if I took a year off, then I would never go back to college. So um, my first two years at the University of Minnesota in the Twin Cities, I did a lot more drinking and partying and uh, some drugs instead of like studying. And I ended up getting pregnant with my daughter at 19. And then her dad just wasn't ready to be a dad at the time. So um, I really had to like rethink what my pathway was going to be. So I moved back to Wisconsin, enrolled at the University of Wisconsin in Milwaukee. And that's where I found out about tech writing. And I was always good at like poetry and creative writing and never really heard about tech writing until I was in Milwaukee. And one of my classmates who was also a single mom was like, well, I'm in this tract because it's going to pay the most money versus the other types of writing. And I'm like, yeah, I probably should take that in consideration, considering I have a daughter and I'm, I'm a single mom. So um, I just had a great college professor and we read a lot of uh, theoretical books on writing and how to really write effective content to get people to listen um, and understand what you're trying to do. And like in a world of technology, if you don't have the information as clear as possible, it could be catastrophic. And you want to avoid people dying or getting hurt, right? So it was just really interesting that, you know, the way in which people read information and interpret it um, can really affect how they make something or create something or even operate something. Um, So it just was like a lot of pressure on the writer to be really good. And I kind of liked that pressure. So um, I ended up getting a master's in it as well, too. And then most of my experience is actually in the marketing departments for different manufacturing companies. And I didn't do a lot of like the instruction manuals. I've done some of that and I found it completely boring because it's so linear, right? And you have to like be really technical about it. And uh, what I really liked about the positions I had was I was able to take the stories of the individuals who are making these products and incorporate that into the marketing material to help the business establish its brand voice. And with that, they were able to connect more to their audience and actually convert more business that way. Because after reading those pieces, customers started trusting them more and they saw that, oh, there is a route to this story and this is how they started out. And I really can apply myself to that and see myself in that. I'm going to continue working with this company. So I was able to take 
my creative writing skills and actually combine them with the technical skills. I also worked for a media publication, which was really fun too, because um, I was able to talk to different people from different companies and just learn about so many unique like concepts and, and concepts and how yeah. products are really designed on a napkin sketch and then okay what materials do we need why do we need these materials what is the process that's going to help us create this the fastest way possible at the highest quality and most cost effectively and then how are we going to distribute it out what sort of packaging do we need so it was literally every aspect of the sector that i got to see working with that media publication so i'm hooked i try to leave i went into higher education in, in a liberal arts college and got completely bored out of my mind and i was just like i gotta go back to manufacturing and engineering because it's where all the people you know that are the salt of the earth are and they're gritty and they're right. they're like rebellious and they're all different types of personalities here and it's it's fun to learn about all of them yeah yeah absolutely i, I definitely want to take a uh, a dive back into you know this this part of it and learn a little bit more on the technical writing how that uh, how your career was molded and your interactions with uh, the different clients and you know I think that that's actually a skill set that is very necessary mm -hmm. for somebody who's going to do like marketing in in the manufacturing industry mm -hmm. but before we go there I want to go like back back to the past and 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 really dive into like your your milestones and what really kind of helped like get you started and and, and really like kind of getting yourself together i know your daughter was a big part of it and, yeah. and we sit, share like some pretty close similarities in that uh you know i i basically dropped out of school at the age of 16. i i wasn't going to graduate till i was like 19 anyway right i dropped out at 16. i said you know what i'll tell you what if i can drop out at, at 16 and I can get my GED by 17, I'm kind of ahead, right? If I wasn't gonna graduate till 19 anyway. So I did that. Meanwhile, this whole entire time, I'm hanging out with the wrong people and doing things I shouldn't be doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, once I was old enough, I actually, I started going to college, still not doing the right things, but I was went to a community college and was just, you know, doing the partying at night and going to, going to school and doing whatever it took to get through the classes and get a passing grade. Uh, and even my first semester wasn't even in manufacturing. It was in uh, being a lineman, right? So I got to learn a little bit of like about electricity and whatnot. But, you know, I got through my first semester and, you know, I was sitting there. And, and again, I was, I was a troubled uh, a troubled kid. And my license was suspended for like two more years from all the history that I had had, right? And I was like, huh, well, being a lineman, they require you to have a CDL. I was like, so I'm not getting a CDL for some time now. I was like, so I might want to pivot or else I'm going to have a degree that I can't use for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I didn't find this out until a little bit later. You can actually be a lineman and not have a CDL, but you're a lot less likely to be hired. Oh. So anybody who is in a lineman program, uh, that's a good point. Don't get in but, trouble. So then I, then I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just don't get in trouble in the first place. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then I transitioned in, into the robotic program since I knew that like that wasn't really an option for me. Mm -hmm. But again, like throughout this whole entire time, even through part of my, uh, you know, robotics program, I was also like still kind of not doing the right thing. It took me, you know, another, you know, six months to a year to kind of pull things together and say, okay, I'm like completely done hanging out with these people, cutting, cutting a bunch of people out of my life at that point. Um, but, you know, for me, there was a lot of like milestones and a lot of things that happened through that period of time that that created like the next small evolution of of myself and, and converting me to, to being on this more straight path. Uh, so kind of diving into that, I'd kind of like to understand, like, some, what are some of the things that you personally went through that that guided you to get more serious about your career? And um, yeah, um so yeah absolutely number one was my my daughter because like uh again as i said before her dad just wasn't ready to be a father figure at the time i mean they, they have a relationship now they met when she turned 18 and um he's actually closer to her uh where she goes to college now so they're they're building that relationship which is really fantastic but i mean i i really needed to figure out okay how do i keep this little being alive and not screw her up um, because I had gone through some things 
in college that kind of led to me drinking more and doing some of the drugs and stuff. So I'm, I'm a survivor of uh, sexual abuse and um, sexual assault. And I didn't, I didn't want any of that to happen to her. So my whole thought process is like, okay, I did some bad things. I've went through some bad things. How do we progress society forward with the next generation? Well, if you're a parent, um, I took it as it's my responsibility to raise her to be better than I am, to raise her to be stronger than I am and to teach her about my mistakes. So I've always been very transparent with her about the stuff that I went through. And she is actually doing a hell of a lot better than I was at that age. Um, she actually called me when she turned 19 and she goes, I'm just calling to let you know that I'm not pregnant and I'm doing better than you. And I just started laughing. I was like, okay, that's cool. You know? Um, but she was definitely a milestone. And then um, when I graduated with my bachelor's, I really didn't know what I was going to do. Right. So there was that period of time where I was like, okay, I have this degree. I don't have experience in engineering and manufacturing. And it seems like that's where I need to be to even pursue technical writing. Um, so I spent like two or three hours every day just going on monster.com or indeed and like filling out applications and this media publication reached out to me and they're like, well, what's your engineering experience? And I'm like, I don't have any engineering experience. I'm just a writer that knows how to write about technology. I don't know how to explain it to you, but like, I know how to write good content. So they brought me in for an interview and that was kind of like my first doorway into this sector. So through that, um, I did that for like seven or eight years and we created video series. Um, they were kind of like newscast series and we had really dry sense of humor. And a lot of engineers liked us because of that. Like we weren't trying to be so serious. We were trying to find like the, the comical stuff within the industry and they really yeah. appreciated that. So I made a ton of connections through that period alone. Um, and some of which I like, I just had a guy reach out to me and he's like, it's been a while since you were in the RF world. Cause I used to write about wireless technology too. And he was like, I'm wondering if you could introduce me to any like metal fabricators. So now I'm trying to help introduce him to some metal fabricators. So if you know a metal fabricator, please get in touch with me because they need help with something in the UK and they're trying to find a company here in the US, but shameless plug, sorry. Uh, but yeah, so from there, um, I went to the liberal arts college because I wanted to see if I could apply my skills somewhere else. Um, and it just didn't feel right. It felt really boring. And um, so, at that time, when I made the tra transition from the media publication to the liberal arts college, I was actually engaged. And um, <laughs> the guy that I was engaged to broke up with me two months before our wedding. And one of the last oh. one of the last things he said to me is he's like, you're never going to get your master's because I was working on my master's, but it was just taking me a long time because I worked full time. I was a single mom full time yeah. and I was driving back and forth between like Madison, Milwaukee and Beloit and just not getting enough sleep. So after he broke up with me, that really lit a fire under me to like really just complete my master's program. So I did that got the job at the liberal arts college and just realized that wasn't the place for me. So then, um, after that, I found myself at a bearings company, um, who also had a sister company that worked on large 3d printers, large platform 3d printers. And I never knew about additive manu. I knew about additive, additive manufacturing when I was at the media publication, but not at such a large scale. So like what we were messing around with when I was at the media publication, were the desktop printers these printers were like massive and could build like that boat like this big and now they're even bigger today like they're building life-size cars right. and everything um so at that position i really learned a lot about community management and public relations and just really building relationships between the business and customers and even people who are within the community because if you don't have the support of your community it's really hard to be a successful business that's just my opinion um so yeah. i did a lot of like materials on like okay here's what we're doing as a company we're we're attending this event come visit us 
hey, do you need like career stuff? We'll, we'll help you with that. And then I got involved with trade shows and started managing the trade show stuff and coming up with materials on how to get people to our booth. So it was all about like relationship building and really sharing our brand story. And I just fell in love with that and got really, really good at it. So then um, fast forward to about four years ago, and I talked about this with Nick Golner and, and Jason from Making Chips, and we laugh about it now, but I was actually working for Making Chips. And um, if you guys don't know who that is, it's a, a podcast in the metalworking industry. They focus on like CNC machining, yep. really good group of guys. I was not the best fit for them. So I ended up getting let go by them. And uh, we just did a hot wing test with them with uh, Tony Gunn. Um, we got together and that was one of the topics we talked about. And I actually thanked Nick and Jason because if they would have never let me go, me pursuing Mavens would not have happened. So I give a lot of credit mm. to them for like, okay, we're not the perfect fit. Yes, it sucked at the time. Yes, I was like mad and angry because nobody wants to get fired, right? Nobody wants to get kicked, especially yeah. if you think you're doing a good job. But without that milestone happening in my life, Mavens would have never happened because I would have never built up the courage to say, okay, I'm going to try this. So um, after Mavens, I, I, I started Z Inc. Solutions, which was my writing company. And I was married to my ex-husband at the time. And I was like, hey, I think I have enough clients to do part-time work from all of the connections that I made through all of my experiences. Do you care if I start Z Inc? And he's like, no, not at all. And we had our two boys at the time. And I just remember not being around a lot for my daughter when she was growing up because I was hustling yeah. and grinding. I didn't want to miss out yeah. on a lot of that with my boys. So I was like, I think I can do part-time work while you work full-time. Well, then he ended up getting let go. So then I got a job at a chemical etching company in Chicago and I was doing Mavens at the same time. And it just started crossing over to what I was trying to do at the chemical etching company. So I, I talked to my manager from there and she was absolutely amazing and 100% supportive. It was like, if you feel like you need to do this, then you should go do it. So I quit my job, I made a video and then I just pursued Mavens full time. And uh, it's been a hell of a ride. Like there's a lot of ups and a lot of downs. I'm sure as you know, as an entrepreneur, like yeah. when you have your own business, it is stressful, <laughs> like, but it's a good kind of stress. Like, you know? Yeah. Well, what were some of the things that really gave you the confidence to uh, transition and start your own company? Um, I had a lot of people in my corner. So like I, I learned later much later on in life that it's okay to ask people to come into your circle like there isn't a magic fairy flying around like there is mm -hmm. i think you know energy that puts people in your life when they're most needed but i also learned later on in life that if you want people to come join your circle it's okay to reach out to them and invite them in um them, yeah. so i like just was really surrounded by a lot of people and you know my family has always been I'm the youngest of six. I have a huge family and they've always been supportive and we're like, you know, just let us know what you need and we'll help you out. So I had conversations with them. Um, my daughter was my number one supporter. She's like, you got this mom, like you can do it. But the people in the industry who like had their own business, like I talked to, um, you know, Sean Dotson, I've talked to him before and was like, you know, what advice do you have for me? Tim and Amber Wilborn. I've, I've had a lot of conversations. Um, Amber, I've actually cried to a couple of times because I'm just like, is this normal? Like, do you feel isolated? And she's like, yes, but it, it gets better. Like it's ebb and flow. So um, just surrounding myself with the right people and not paying attention to some of the negative criticisms, because no matter what you do in life, there's always going to be someone that tells you you suck and try to drag you down. Like you just have to ignore that and push it out and just yeah there's also always like it seems to be even more of it in the beginning it's like as soon as you like launch something as soon as you try to start doing something like that immediately that's when you'll get like your first inflow of like oh this won't work nobody's gonna be interested in this like there's been multiple instances of different things that we've done that like there's been like somebody you know saying something and then you know luckily you know like through linkedin like yeah. i've gained like enough yeah. enough of a following that 
I had like supporters. Like I remember I posted something one day and like somebody's like, you know, why are you writing this trash on LinkedIn? Blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, I didn't get on LinkedIn until like the next day and I go in there and there's like 20 something comments of like people just got into the chat and was like going at the lady that was, that had these negative comments. And so like, you know, the, the followers and other community members of LinkedIn was like basically shutting down like some of these other people that had, that had negative comments to say. And so that was really cool about just the, the culture of like, you know, LinkedIn and, and people being promotive. But the other thing is that when starting something new, there's going to be challenges from the outside world that, mm-hmm. that make you question, you know, are you doing the right thing? And you just have to not listen to it and just keep pushing through and executing on whatever your, your goal. is. Yeah. So I attended this event um, a few months ago. It was a, so there's a group called the empowering women in industry organization and the owner, Charlie Matthews, her and I have become really close friends. I actually just asked her if she could be one of my mentors and she said, yes. So I'm really super excited to start that process with her, but she had a a guest um, who brought in her book called brave and and this is nothing against men at all, but women tend to have a higher sense of intuition. So like we're more connected to like energy than men are. And she's like, we're taught at a young age to kind of ignore our intuition. And she brought up some points in her books. That was some really good points. And I was like, wow, yeah, like you should just follow your gut instinct. So like anybody who's starting anything new, Yes, it's hard to drown out some of that criticism at first because you just want to do everything right, right? You want to be as perfect as po- right. as you possibly can. So you do pay attention to a lot of the the voices and the comments and the criticism. And it's really hard to like pick and choose who's right or who's wrong or who's just sharing an opinion. Um, so the advice that this book gave, and it's really important, I think, for women in this sector too, is just follow your intuition. Like, follow your gut instinct. Like if you feel like something's not right, then by all means, it's not right. But if you are feeling like you're getting pulled a certain way, definitely follow that gut instinct and see where it goes. Because again, we're all on a path and we all have a purpose. And sometimes it's our gut instinct that are leading us in the right direction. So try to be more in tune with that than not. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I definitely think that for myself, I'm, I'm more, much more of a logical person and I, you know, I have thoughts around things, but I don't have as much like intuition on the, you know, I guess more of the personal side of things, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. I mean, we're all built different, but I've been, I've been trying to follow like feelings now too. Like, okay, this doesn't feel right. So I'm going to cut that out. Okay. This feels more like, I should be going in this direction. So I've, I've been doing that and it's been working out so far. So <laughs> I haven't walked into any fires. So that's good. You know, for myself personally, I have a couple of things that I've been focusing on. Like one, one of the number one things is, is building relationships. I've always like, I've always not been good at building relationships in the sense of I've had like the same friends since I was like seven years old and they're like the same three friends. Right. But like as far as like obtaining new friends and trying to get new friends and like just the communication, you know, uh, that's necessary to create friends. Like I'm I'm like introverted in that sense of like I'm extroverted around the people that I'm, you know, I know, but I'm introverted around people I don't know and and people that uh, and, and also too like, you know, I may even I'll even use you as an example. Like I may not reach out to you. Because I'll feel like, oh, well, if I reach out to her, she's going to think I want something. You know what I mean? And, like, it's a really weird psychological thing that I have in my mind of, like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a me problem where I just feel like I don't want people to have this impression that I that I want something from them or need something from them. So I almost don't reach out because of that. You know, it's like a really weird, like, thing that goes on with, in my head psychologically. I think a lot of people are afraid to ask for help when they need it. And I have struggled with that too, where I'm just like, man, I don't want to come across as looking like this is my thought process. I hesitated to ask people for help because I thought if I asked them for help, then that meant I was dumb and didn't know what I was doing. So I was like, I don't want them to think that I'm an idiot. So like, nope, I'm just going to figure it out on my own and not ask for help. And then I had a couple of people who are close to me. They were like, 
no, that thought process is what is making you kind of an idiot. Cause like, that's just, why would you think that way? So I just feel like the worst a person can tell you when you reach out to them and ask them for something is they just tell you no, and then you just move on. Um, So if you can get used to that kind of rejection, I think life becomes a lot easier and you just don't take things personally because you're not going to be compatible or be the right fit for everyone uh, and vice versa. Like not everyone's going to be compatible with you or the right fit for you. So you have to say no in those situations and it's nothing personal. It's just, it's just business and there's enough to go around. (laughs) Something else I'd like to really add on that of like a personal relationship type of thing is that there's been a few relationships that I've had. Like I've been like, you know, really in desire to have like that relationship. Like, oh, oh, I'd really love to be friends with this person. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you become friends with that person. And then you go some, you know, months down the road, maybe even years down the road. And then you kind of like realize like this person's not really like the person that I thought they were. Like sometimes you have like a vision of, of, of like who a person was. And then, you know, it changes over time. And then you're kind of like, like say for instance, for, for me, you know, one thing that I kind of look at in characteristics of, of, of a person that I want to, uh, be friends with and spend my time with is, is people who are either doing business things or they're trying to, you know, strive for success in their career. Mm-hmm. And, and this is just because it aligns with some of the things that I'm trying to do. Right. I still have my friends, like I was saying, like that, that I've been friends with since, you know, I was like seven years old. However, the conversations are a little bit different. And, and, and as like financial success starts to come, like, you know, there's some of my friends that are, you know, I'll just say, for example's sake, like, Maybe they still live in a trailer park, right? Mm-hmm. And, but I, you know, I'm not cutting them off. Say I don't want to be friends with them. However, now the conversations are becoming a little bit different. Like, oh man, like your house is so nice. Like, oh, and da 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 da. And it's like, yeah. I mean, one, I don't really even think about the thing sometimes. But like, also, it's like the conversations start to change. So I feel like as you like change in life as well, that like the friends will change, and they need to change so that way your conversations can can you know, have, uh, what do you, the same common points, right? We can talk about the same things mm-hmm. and, and be able to have deep, deep conversations on that. Yeah. I think that's a natural part of life though. I just had this conversation with my daughter actually, because she's in college and, you know, some of her closest friends that she had in high school are kind of doing their own thing. And she was kind of feeling down about it. And I said, look, you know, not everybody that you were really close to in high school is going to be around forever. That's just how life is. And it's nothing personal. Like, don't think that it's because they don't like you or whatever. It's just because people grow in different ways and their paths take different routes than yours. And you just don't align anymore. And you kind of fall out of compatibility with one another. Again, nothing personal. Um, And she's like, well, you and your friend Claire have been friends. So I have a friend, Claire. We've been best friends for over 20 years. Like we knew each other in elementary school we hated each other at first but then we just something happened where we became best friends and now you can't separate us at all like we're 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 just really good friends and I told her I was like it's because regardless of the changes that we go through we accept each other for who we are so it's like she she knows who I am at my core and she's probably the only person that knows who I am at my core. And that's why she's able to deal with me when I'm at my worst and when I'm at my best. It's kind of like, you know, how good marriages that last last, but we're not married. We're just friends. But um, I think the thing, I think the same in like applies to the business world. Like you're going to have relationships that are really short term, but they were meant for a reason, right? You either learn something or you got a piece of business from it. And then that was it. And it, it that's, it's, that's the end of it. But then you're also going to have those relationships where they last a little bit longer. And yeah, relationships, regardless if it's personal or professional, it does take all parties involved to work on that relationship. So again, it's, you know, what's the importance of it? What What is the value of it? How is it helping you? And, you know, sometimes if it's not a last, long or lasting relationship, it's just because that's how it's meant to be. I have a very like optimistic view now on things just because I've been in a place where I was so like pessimistic and always thinking the worst and like in a very dark and nothing good ever came out of it. So I just try to look at things in a positive light where instead of like if something doesn't last, 
instead of like thinking, oh, it's because they hate me or there's something wrong with me. I just think, yeah. well, it's just not meant to be anymore. And it's because there's something else out there that I need to gravitate towards because it's going to provide more value. So if you change your perspective on things and just think of it in a positive light, it really does help you grow a lot faster. But that's, again, just my opinion. I'm definitely really glad you brought up that point because like that's my number two thing that I'm actually focused on right now is, you know, externally, I feel like I'm a fairly positive person. Um, internally, not so much. Internally, I struggle with a lot of things of like, you know, oh, this person doesn't like me. Oh, we're not going to get this purchase order. Oh, this is not going to happen. That's not going to happen. This person's going to quit. This is going to, you know, it's like thousands of things that run through my head in a, in a day. Right. And, and, and trying to get to a point where like those thoughts are, are silenced and, and they're replaced with like some positive thing. Like, you know, we're going to crush this guys. We're going to do it. You know, the, and these are the things that I, I externally express and I externally do these things, but internally, like whenever it's like me by myself sitting there, it's like, you know, I'm always thinking about like some some bad thing that could happen or, or some scenario. I just have a, a higher respect. Ever since I went out on my own, um, I've had a higher respect for people in your position or like any top executive who has a team under them. Um, because like I just have myself to worry about. I don't have a team. So like I have my family. That's like the number one worry. That's always like, am I making the right decision for my family? But when you're like a leader of a top company that like has thousands of people involved, just some of the concerns that I've had conversations with, with some of these CEOs, like it's not just like the employees, it's the employees who have families, the employees who have bills. Like if your business doesn't go right and you have to start letting people go, that's like a life change. So the stress that some of these top level executives are under, like, I just, I want to give every single one of them a hug because it's like, I'm so glad I don't have to deal with those types of thoughts every day. Cause like it, it can, like, it, it, especially in times of like economic instability and you don't know which way your company is going to go. Like it's a lot of pressure. So, but on the outside, you have to maintain some sort of like calm because if you're freaking out, then your employees are going to freak out. So I, I understand like what you're saying there. <laughs> I don't personally go through it because I don't have a team under me. I just have my family and they're a little, uh, they don't put as much pressure on me to be perfect, but like. Any, yeah. I mean, any, any entrepreneurial thing, you have to be ready to like endure the pain and endure like stressful things coming through. Right. Like that's, been one of the biggest skill sets that I've probably learned this past year, year and a half is like how to hear some really bad news and like endure through it, not let it really impact you emotionally. Right. Like do you, like you just have like a whole flood of stress that just runs your day for one, like the more that you do, the more stuff's going to come to you. Right. And, and, and also Jenna, Jenna struggles with this as well with like some stressful thing coming and then, you know, it kind of running her day. And I say, I, I, you know, and this is one of the, the, the statements that I've been making. I said, Jenna, you know, today this it's this problem. Tomorrow it's going to be that problem. Some At some point in time, we're going to be getting a, a call that we're getting sued for a million dollars. It's going to happen. I would throw up. Right? <laughs> like, the thing is, it's going to happen. Somebody's either either going to fall in the shop, they're going to, you know, drill their hand or – or, or the customer projects late. Like the more, the thing is, the more things you do, the more things that are going to happen. That's why, like these big organizations have like entire teams of lawyers, right? Yeah. But this is just an example's sake of like this is a small problem. We have much bigger problems to come, yeah. right? And like the more you can like wrap your mind around that, the more that you can like let these problems come. Like, okay, this is a small problem. This is just day to day business. We got this is just what we do. You can figure this. You know. Out. Yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, so it's like with her, like, I would highly suggest because she's part of like your company, she's a big part of it. Um, if she's not involved with like women in manufacturing or any other like women organized group, I would highly recommend her getting involved with it because she could learn so much for from other women leaders who are in the same position she is, and they could be her mentor, and she could gain a lot of that too. And I'm not trying to like knock you out of the picture but like when women come together 
it's easier for us to open up to one another. So like, if you really want to help her excel her career and help your business, it would be really cool for her to join one of those groups. Cause she can, I've learned a lot from them and I'm actually doing a coaching thing now um, where I hired someone to kind of help guide me on some of my leadership skills. And I'm really excited for it because if you don't invest in yourself, then you're going to be stagnant and not reach that next level. So for your business to grow, um, if she's in that position, she can like reach it so much higher and help your business grow so much faster if she becomes part of that group. But that's just my personal plug for women organizations. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I agree that, you know, just getting outside perspectives and, and, and other people's experiences and knowledges that yeah, it just has such a significant yeah. impact on your experience, your mindset and, and your you know ability to make different decisions. Yeah. It's helpful a lot. One of the other things I'd like to dive into is is the the mentorship, right? You said that you just landed a new mentor. So what is like the dynamic of one of these relationships look like? Um, that's an interesting question because I've had mentors before, but it really didn't feel like a mentor because I would just go to them and have like a typical relationship. So like, I mean, everybody that was part of that uh, um manufacturing champs group that I used to be a part of. Um, I looked up to them as mentors and I would get advice from them and they would share like advice with me on some of their failures and their successes. I never went out of my way to like ask someone, Hey, can you be my mentor? So um, I asked Charlie Matthews and she said, yes. And then um, I asked Tony Neary and she said, yes. So now I have two mentors that are women and I'm really excited. So like, what we're going to be working on, we, we have to have our initial phone call. Um, and what we're going to be working on is like, okay, what are my goals for 2024? And what can I do to achieve those goals? And then they're going to kind of share their experiences with me. And Charlie was like, well, I thought you were my mentor. And we were like doing this fair exchange too. So it was just, interesting. yeah. So it was just really interesting to hear her say that because uh, she was looking towards me for inspiration and vice versa. So um, I just think with any good mentorship, there really needs to be a mutual trust and like commitment from each party. Because again, it's taking time out of each of your days. And as a mentee, like you really need to be open-minded about the feedback you're getting and the criticism you're getting um, and not take things personally. Like just understand that this person is in the position because of all of their hard work and me reaching out to Charlie and Tony, I see them as wonderful leaders and they're both doing amazing things. And I want to get to that level. I want to get to that level where like I can get more people to trust me, get them to trust my capabilities and my opinions and my like thoughts and they connect with people on so many different levels where instantly like people just gravitate towards them and they're very well spoken as well too like when they get up on stage they don't stutter or like fall over their words and one of the things i'm trying to get better at is public speaking and especially not behind the camera but like in front of a crowd because i'm used to this whole camera thing i can do this all day but um, in front of a crowd, it's a little bit different feel. And I want to get better at presenting ideas and information. So um, it's definitely a mutual respect and commitment thing. And, you know, mentors just really need to help the mentee kind of establish what their goals are, but make sure that they're achievable. You don't want to set them up for, for failure at, at the start. And then, you know, make sure that you're scheduling time and following through with those schedules and being very um, purposeful and like what you're going to talk about, because you don't want to have a conversation. You don't want to schedule a conversation and then not have your bullet points. I think that and I, I think that's outside of mentorships too. like anybody who's setting up a meeting with another party, like you should have an agenda in that meeting invite and like have the main topics that you want to focus on. Cause otherwise you're just wasting everybody's time. Um, and then, yeah. So be, be open-minded, be transparent. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, don't be afraid to ask for feedback. Don't be afraid to give feedback. So it's going to be this balance between both the mentor and the mentee. 
And, you know, it's not just the mentee learning from the mentor. I think the mentor can learn a lot about themselves too within those situations. So yeah, it's just, you got to trust each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think one of the, the extreme, I'm very logical too. So I always look at like, what's the logical and what's like the tactical thing that we can do with this. Mm -hmm. And so like, I think I love the fact that you said like, come, come to the, uh, the meeting with, with your goals in place mm -hmm. and then, and then be, a, be ready to like, you know, ask whatever questions you're going to ask because you know, there's a lot of mentorship. I feel like you can talk with somebody and just have like a friendly relationship. But if you don't have like that tactical of like, this is what I'm trying to accomplish. How do I do this, 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 and this, then a lot of times that, you know, that mentorship kind of just becomes a conversation and there's some knowledge that's taken out of it, but you don't have like a lot of your direct questions asked that you're, um, that you really need or, 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 or want answered. Yeah. I think a lot of people struggle, even companies, because I try to do this with companies that are looking for like social media help or marketing help. I'm always like, what are your goals? Like, what specifically are you trying to achieve with this specific channel, with this specific piece of content? Like, what are your goals? And I don't think they've been asked that enough. And social media is kind of like a bear in itself. So it's really hard for some companies to grasp how to use it appropriately if they haven't done it before. So when you're asking for those goals, um, what that does is it sets a parameter. And then if you reach it, fantastic. If you don't, okay, how can we adjust our plan so that we can reach that goal? So it's the same with mentorships, I think, and also sponsorships, which are a little bit different. So sponsorship is like, someone who has high credibility within a specific industry and they're basically like saying yes i you know i uh support this individual um i put my name on this individual so they're basically putting their their reputation on the line for this individual and it's 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 helping them get higher positions and higher connections and more value connections um so you definitely want to have a strategy in place for those specific types of relationships too, because if you're not reaching those goals and they're not learning, then that can affect your reputation. And then people are going to be like, well, you don't know what you're talking about. So why am I going to trust you with anything else outside of that? So definitely have a plan, make sure you're, you're following up. You're doing like, I, I hate the term performance reviews because I feel like people always cringe inside themselves when they hear performance reviews, but you definitely want to have ongoing conversations of where you're at and what what you're having struggles with, what you're doing really well. Um, if things have changed, because people change their mind, that's okay. But if you have these regular conversations, then it's easier to progress forward and hit the, the milestones that you want to hit. Yeah, it's definitely really good to analyze and reflect. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we're doing that like in, in our business with like our marketing. I'm very much a put out as much content as possible type of person. And then after that, let's let's refine and start, you know, yeah. really just adjusting what our messaging and stuff like that is. So like that's kind of like a phase that we're currently in. And then also with like personal life, like I'm, I'm also very executional, like let's go, 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 go that. um I don't too often like sit back, reflect and say, huh, what are some, you know, what are some things that I should work on or what are some things that, you know, um, that I need personally. Right. And I, I feel like, uh, so I don't do that often enough. However, uh, like this year, I think, I think something about just my mentality and the way I go about thinking th about things is like really starting to change and, um, it's like more easily for me to identify some of these things that like I need to work on and, and reflect on those things. Um, you know, like say for instance, like one thing is uh, leadership management in the sense of when I need somebody to do something, right? Like a lot of times I'm too kind of a person. So I'm like, Hey, can you please do this? And then I'll, I, you know, it's like learning the communication that's like, Hey, I need this done. Cause I have like two things. I'm like, Hey, will you please do this for me? And you're fired. Right. So it's like, oh, no, that's definitely a dramatic example. But, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, we've hardly ever fired people. But point being is, is, uh, I have to work on that communication of like, hey, I need something done. This is the deadline. Where's it at? 
So like personally, that's something that I'm working on as far as like just not coming across as, as delicate, right? Making it a little bit more aggressive, putting a little bit more uh, emphasis on this thing being done. You know, we have uh, somebody in our, our actually COO of our company who's really good at, at uh, you know, I like to just phrase it down to, to getting work out of people, right? Mm-hmm. And and so this is like a skill set that I that one I've, I've been able to witness him do it, and so through me witnessing it, I see I see the parts that I like about it. I see the parts that I don't like about it, and then that gives me one. I said, okay, I need to be a little bit more like this, and now I can start going to like YouTube or, or wherever it is, like t- discussing with other people and trying to refine. Um, you know, that communication style, because that's one super powerful thing that I've learned about organizations is that management and, and the way management drives things has a, a very, you know, direct output of the performance of the company. So at the highest levels, the way things are driven will dictate at the very bottom, you know, mm-hmm. uh, of just your workers doing you know, all the small tasks, how they execute, right? Do they, you know, do they execute on time? Do they, uh, do they show up to work on time? Like all these different things, but you know, also if there's any breakage in the, in the chain going down where either somebody just doesn't care about their job, especially in management, then, or, or they're not giving like the emphasis again, going back to my thing, like I don't sometimes press in hard enough. So a lot of times maybe employees will get a little bit too relaxed. Maybe they'll, call in more days in a week. And so then there has to be that new interjection of, you know, Hey, we need, you know, the, the seriousness, right. Of, of, mm-hmm. of, uh, of the management. And, and for me, like one of my goals is to have a company that fil- facilitates people that want to work really hard for their careers, people who want to have like opportunities above what they can get at other companies. And, and through that, we all have to work really hard. Everybody in the company has to work really hard. And through that, we'll grow very quickly, we'll grow very strongly, and, and be able to also offer those, you know, opportunities to to everybody within the. Well, again, I mean, that's a compatibility issue too, where you know, there's a lot of people who are like, well, this company doesn't do this or do that, but then you'll talk to a different employee, and they're completely happy and satisfied with their position within that same company. So, like, if 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 a company doesn't fit your values, and what you're passionate about, then definitely don't apply for that company. And the same for, you know, people who are managing businesses. Like if you come across an employee and they and or someone applying for a position at your company, but they don't, you know, they're not compatible with your core values or what you're trying to do as a company, then you don't you don't want to hire them. So it's it's definitely a two-way street in that regard. Um I would highly suggest to you, just because this has helped me, uh, reading the book Crucial Conversations, um, because that helps like kind of take yourself out of your own personal perspective and look at the whole situation and then, okay, how can I diffuse the situation? But then um, getting more things done with everybody on the team, um, I would highly recommend reading either Traction or EOS. I don't know if you're familiar with those two books, but it's basically... Um, it's kind of like lean manufacturing where, you know, what are your top priorities? How can we get these done? What's the timeline? Who, who on our team can be accountable for this? What are the bottlenecks? What are the roadblocks? Um, and you basically just take your top priority work. And then if things change, you have these weekly meetings. So if anything changes, then you can adjust this as possible. And you're supposed to get a lot more done. That's what we were working on at making shifts. And it actually was making a difference. We were at the beginning stages of it, but there's companies that have put this in play and it's helped them get more done in shorter amounts of time, which I thought was never going to happen, but it it's really cool how it brings everybody together as a team. And when people know what they're responsible for and like, if they have a set deadline and if they know that there's open communication and they can be themselves and like talk about what some of those roadblocks and bottlenecks are, they're more apt to talk about it and share that. And then as a team, you can work together to say, okay, what do we need to do together? Or what do we need to do individually to overcome this roadblock so that we can push this task forward and then start working on the other tasks? It's really cool. 
definitely, definitely some solid advice. And also the crucial conversation one, uh, also a good book. So I literally just got that book like one, like a month ago, maybe two months ago. <laughs> yep. Yep. It is. Yeah. I love again, it. Like, go ahead. Yeah. I just, I love it. I agree with you. Good book. I think so like that's one thing I am good about when I do identify something I can I very logically like start to like okay how can I how can I tackle this thing so like communication books has been like a big uh part of like what I've been consuming which is where that where that book came in um have you done any kind of like coaching or asked someone to be your mentor not really yeah not really okay I I would just I don't know who you would ask. I mean, I can look around and um, ask, like, who good good mentors would be for you. But, like, if you just feel a connection with someone, especially within, you know, the, the people that we know, reach out to them and ask if they can be a mentor. Like, I mean, it, it's really good to have that relationship because if you don't invest in yourself, it's going to be hard to reach that next level or that next milestone. And I was hesitant to do it again. I don't know why. Who your battery pack is dying. <laughs> I was like, where'd you go? Um, but yeah, I just think investing in yourself is a really good thing to do. Cause then you, you can kind of get another perspective on, you know, what you need to work on or what you're really good at. And it's just good to have those types of conversations and you don't feel as alone. <laughs> You know, I think most people have is like a, you know, I'll say issue or problem, however, right? We all think that like, we don't want our dog to be in the thing. We don't want our kid to pop up. We don't want like that thing to happen. It's like to us and our kid and our dog, it's like such a big deal. But like, like if your dog popped up right now, I'd say, okay, I don't care. If your kid popped up and sat in your lap, and like, okay, I don't care. Right. So it's like yeah. the other side doesn't really care at all, but it's like internally you're like, you know, that's one big thing I struggle with in, in life or just business, I would say, and, and doing these type of, oh my gosh, and doing this type <laughs> of thing. we're going, um, but like one thing that I struggle with is just trying to be almost too strict, right? Like it needs to be like this because, you know, this is business and we're professionals. Yeah. So I have a different opinion about that. Um, I totally understand that there's like a personal line and a professional line, but if you talk to a lot of people in engineering and manufacturing about their why, like, so any company business owner who started a company from the ground up, that root of how they got started and the struggles they went through and like the bloopers they had to experience and, you know, the hard times tear, I mean, there's so much emotion that goes into starting a company. And I feel like some companies, not all, the more money they make, the more they lose touch with why they started out in the first place. And then you get that kind of God complex or whatever. But like, I feel like more people connect to the people who are really genuine and authentic. Yes, there's some people that don't like hearing the F-bomb every once in a while. And I have to like, be mindful of how I'm talking because I tend to curse all the time. Um, so I have to kind of put a filter on that, but I just feel like if you can be more authentic and transparent in conversations that you're happening, having with people that you want to do business with, the more they're going to trust you or they're going to be able to say right away, yeah, this is the type of person I want to work with or no, this isn't the type of person I don't want to work with. Um, so I always try to encourage people to just be who they are in themselves. Megan, what are, what are some last valuable points you'd like to add, uh, to the community? Um, if you're not loving what you do, then don't do it. Cause you're going to waste a lot of valuable time. And I learned this much later on in life, unfortunately, but, um, if you fail, it's not the end of the world. It's okay. To, to stumble. It's actually a great lesson to learn. Um, but don't be afraid to like try new things or change. Like, I feel like the older people get, um, the more hesitant they are to like change something they don't like about their life because they think it's too late. And I've talked to women in their fifties who changed their career pathway two years before, um, 
two years before that and they absolutely loved it and now they're flourishing. So I don't think it's never too late. Like we have to stop thinking about things in such a linear way with time. Um, it's never too late to change your mind on something and it's never too late to be truly happy. So if you're not liking what you do, switch it up. My brother, for example, um, he is 47. And I think about three years ago, he he decided, I want to know how to weld. So he went through the whole two-year certification process. And now he's starting his own fabrication business. And he's a lot happier <laughs> than what he was before. So, I mean, it, it, it's easier to learn something nowadays, too, because everything is on social media. And YouTube's a great place to go to learn something. So just be happy and enjoy life because you never know when you're not going to wake up. That would be my advice. Awesome. Great advice. And also, too, I think that, uh, you know, there's skills that people have learned that they may not think apply to some other thing, but they may be like an extremely valuable, like skill that like converted to this other thing, would just have like a major, major impact and like a new insight and, and new breath. I, I would say manufacturing marketing would probably not be as good as it is right now if it wasn't for some outside influence coming in and starting to, you know, make impact, even like just like through YouTube, maybe like I came from watching a Gary Vanderchuk. Right. And so like, that's where I got a lot of my initial, you know, marketing things. And, and so like, just because I watched this one YouTube guy that did something different, that kind of brought that marketing influence here. Yeah. He's really good at what he does. So I think, I think that's the other thing too, is, you know, with companies in particular, kind of let your wall down a little bit and be a little vulnerable because that whole conversation we had with professionalism and, you know, bringing your personal life into it, people want to know that you're human and that you care. So kind of let your wall down a little bit and show some of those mistakes. Like I worked with a company and they would get bad reviews and I'm like, do you want me to delete it? No, keep it up there. Keep the bad reviews up there because we did something wrong and we have to fix it. So why are we going to hide from our mistakes? So I think some of the good companies out there, they're not afraid to say, Oh, we kind of failed at this, but here's what we're doing to improve that so that it doesn't happen again. And I think people respect that more. So don't be afraid to be a little vulnerable and transparent. Megan, where can people find you at? Um, I'm always on LinkedIn. Uh, that's probably the main place you can find me, but I'm also on Facebook and Twitter. And then if you just want to drop me an email, um, I can put that in the comments or Malachi can share it out. But all of my contact information is on LinkedIn, including my phone number. Um, if you're not saved in my phone, though, I won't answer. Uh, so just leave a voicemail. Just leave a voicemail and I'll call you back. Um, but if yeah, if I don't have you saved in my phone, I'm not going to answer because I, I feel like it's spam. Um, so sometimes people just are like, oh, she doesn't answer her phone. No, I just don't have your number saved. So I, I think it's a marketer or something, but leave a voicemail and I'll get back to you or send me a message and I'd love to connect with you. And, um, I'm doing a lot for 2024. So if you're interested in sharing your story, even if you're a guy, I have a new series coming out called uh, a moment with Mavens. Um, I'd love to hear your stories as well too, and see how we can collaborate and help you out, especially with writing. <laughs> what are, what are some of the things you have going what are some of the things you have going on for 2024 real quick so i'm doing a little bit more traveling which is crazy because i swore i wasn't gonna do that um but I'm, I'm gonna try to get more speaking events and then i'm laying out uh my pages for my book that i want to publish in 2025 so i'm super excited about that and then i'm creating two new brands uh that are sister brands the mavens and manufacturing um not quite sure how they're going to look, but I, I definitely see a lot of mavens in construction. So I'm going to be creating some merch for the women who are in construction and then also mavens of robotics because there's a ton of women uh, who are in automation and doing things with robotics. So um, I'm going to be creating a brand around that and then just have that available because a lot of people liked the mavens of manufacturing merch and they were like, uh, but I'm not like really manufacturing. I'm more in this niche. And I was like, okay, then I'll just make something for you to represent who you are. Cause there, there's a ton of women doing some amazing things and um, just want to support anyone who I can. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's like a, definitely a gap too with like 
just really like manufacturing automation as a whole for like if you want to wear like apparel that represents like like say for instance i've gotten feedback on on people wanting to wear these like will hilly and you are want some of these but they want us to remake them with the the universal robot in the in the mirror on the front only because on the back there's fanic so it's like but so there's like some special requests there to you know have some different variations of it made and like you can always just get creative and, and make a lot of like things memes stuff like that so what you could do is if you wanted to do that reach out to those brands and say hey let's do a giveaway and then that would bring more attention to their brands and then bring more attention to you like that's one of the things that i'm going to be working on is more partnerships and just especially with any organization that's trying to build the next generation workforce i really want to start donating um some stuff to these organizations one of the things that I'm really excited about, so IMTS is next year, and they always do a 5K run, and all of the proceeds that they make for from that 5K run go to a grant that's specific to like STEM education. So I'm actually going to be the gold sponsor for that run. So um, if you guys sign up for the 5K, you can do the cycling or the running, and uh, Mavens will be on that shirt. So if you want some Mavens branding, it'll be on that, and everything is going towards this grant for STEM education. So I'm super excited about it. Well, thanks Malachi. This was awesome. fun. I, I really appreciated our conversation <laughs> and um, awesome. I'm glad you got your technical difficulties well, you. figured out. That's yeah. a great, great, great addition yeah. to it. Thank you again, Megan. <laughs> Looking forward to chatting with you again. Yeah. Thanks everybody. Have a good one.